Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of RB1 Pulling the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Faketeam.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Jeff Clark Barnes and Mr. Class Jordan Smith. Uh, guys, how are we doing? Recovering. Recovering. Yeah, from a tie. Yeah. Doing great, Pete. <laughs> Clark's not even recovering from his loss. He's just, you know what? Screw it. I feel like I've been liberated from the Texans. <laughs> Just, who are we getting in the draft next year? You've moved on. Two weeks in and Clark's already looking to the offseason. That's the sign. That's the sign of a good team right there. Um, so when I was writing my notes for this pod, uh, I was going to open the show with a uh, lengthy debate about who will win MVP between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Pat Mahomes. Uh, but then the Patriots traded for Josh Gordon. So screw Mahomes and Fitzpatrick. Patriots bringing back the 07 offense. Let's play the news and get right into it. Okay. Deep breath. Let's, uh, let's start with the facts of the trade, you guys, because that's always a good place to start when you're talking about something as exciting as Josh Gordon in a Patriots uniform. So the Patriots sent a 2019 fifth round pick for Gordon, and we'll get back a 2019 seventh round pick if he's not active for 10 games. Uh, And this is from Adam Schefter. So right off the bat, you know that the evil emperor Bill Belichick is going to make Gordon active for only nine games and get that seventh round pick uh, just because he can. Uh, There's obviously a lot to break down in this trade, but let's start with Josh Gordon first. Uh, Clark, we haven't seen Josh Gordon be the 2013 Josh Gordon that everyone, you know, loves to point out and refer back to, myself included. Uh, you know, we haven't seen that for five years. Realistically, what can we expect from him since he hasn't really played football at a high level in a long time? I think it's always impossible to tell with the Browns because the Browns are so terrible. Is that why he hasn't played well? Or did he just flash for six games once and we've been hanging on to that for forever? I don't have high expectations for him in new England. They've had a lot of really athletic guys come in and fail. I hope he does well just because anyone who's had so much trouble uh, in their profession, just because they smoke weed occasionally, I want to root for, Uh, but I just, if I have him, I'll hold on to him, but I'm not going to trade for him and I'd give him away for a top 36 receiver. If someone wanted to make the trade. I, don't, I think Hugh Jackson's just not good at football. Um, <laughs> Jordan is so depressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> there was that story last week about Hugh Jackson where he didn't want Josh Gordon to be in with like the to start the game or what have you, but he ended up scoring a touchdown anyway. So he is he was like saved from himself basically, and um, 
this might be another situation. I know it was um, a lot to do with the GM and what they felt was right. He hurt himself doing a non-team sanctioned promotional shoots, but um, I mean, I think it's just great news to hear that he wasn't doing something stupid, stupid. Yeah. himself. Like he was, I guess, trying to make money, trying to do what other NFL players do. Only this time, it he got hurt doing it. I've had to really temper my expectations or had to work back from the sheer ecstasy that I once experienced when I first heard these rumors. And just the fact, first of all, this is the first time that like rumors connected with the Patriots and some very talented receiver who's not working in a current environment. First time these things have actually like clicked in recent, like Larry Fitzgerald was a popular Andre Johnson was a popular topic. Like, Oh, there's a whole bunch of these like kind of veteran, very talented receivers who everyone was like, well, whatever. And he goes to the Patriots. Um, and this is the first one that like kind of clicked. So that was fun. It was fun to, you know, fun to be a part of that. Um, but I definitely have had to remind myself that yes, that we haven't seen Josh Gordon be, anything like the 2013 Josh Gordon that everyone holds on to in five years, we've seen flashes of it when he's been focused and on the field, but being on the field is a big if for him. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to really test. I believe the Patriots kind of structure uh, and foundation and willingness, I guess, to kind of adapt and work with him uh, in order to see whether or not Josh Gordon can get kind of things back on track uh, and become a productive member of the team. A lot of people, and myself included, I wrote up uh, the trade and just the kind of fantasy impact on fake teams. And when I did it, I was, of course, in just a, a fit of ecstasy and, and happiness. And so was immediately drawn to 2007 vibes and was like, oh, my gosh, this is the Patriots trading for Randy Moss. And Randy Moss was, you know, kind of had his own weed troubles and was banished to Oakland and, and then came to New England and New England righted his ship and all that jazz. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I think that it's actually less of, I would compare it less to the Randy Moss trade, but you I would take to compare it to one of the best wide receiver quarterback seasons we've ever seen. You're slightly yes. hesitant to compare. I would, it to I would be slightly hesitant to compare it to that trade. Um, I would compare it more to Aqib Tlaib, uh, which was an extremely talented player when focused and out of trouble. Um, and when, when Tlaib was in Tampa Bay, right, he had his kind of, you know, he was uh, a questionable player there. Then the Patriots got him and it worked like he bought into the system. He was very productive. Um, he couldn't stay healthy, which was unfortunate, and then signed a buttload of money with the Broncos. I'll just be curious to see if this works out for Gordon, because for the Patriots, I, as a Patriots fan, if Gordon even sniffs like the potential that we've seen it's easily the best receiver the Patriots have had since Randy Moss. Um, but it could also go the way of Chad Johnson, and Albert Hainsworth. Uh, I mean, we had Reggie Wayne for a hot second there. Like there've been a lot of players and veterans who've come through who have not panned out in new England. Yeah. The best ability in the NFL is availability. And if Josh Gordon can stay on the field, we might be able to see some things happen for him. But um, I don't think it, changes what the Patriots want to do entirely. Like they're not just going to start running the offense through Josh Gordon. They still have Chris Hogan. Julian Edelman will be back in two weeks. Um, they have some tight end. I can't remember his name right now, but he's pretty good. Football, so Clark, yeah. Clark, is he good? I can't, I can't remember. I don't know. Not last week. <laughs> not last week. Oh, that's fair. Uh, and we'll get into that. But um, on the flip side though, Jordan, who's going to step up in Cleveland? 
Yeah, so I saw a tweet about this. I believe it was. I can't remember who it was, so I'm sorry for not crediting it. But um, last week, Josh Gordon got like three targets. So I think if there is any sort of increase for another player, it could be – it's not going to be heavy. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's going to be very slight. It's not like Jarvis Landry is going to get five more catches per game. Um, I think what the tweet also said was that – you know, that Josh Gordon touchdown was um, in the red zone. So that's where a big impact could take place. And hopefully somebody like David Njoku can step up and, you know, become the fantasy tight end we all want him to be. I would definitely, I would love to see Njoku be able to take those steps because he looked real nice in the preseason. Clark's already banished him into the wasteland of nothingness, but uh, I still believe in Njoku. And I'm still rooting for him to become a viable, a fantasy viable tight end. Sorry about that. Can you guys hear the rain falling? Mm, no, only fainting. No. It's nice. It's comforting. I always okay. like the sound of rain. It's like slamming against the side of the house. Really? <laughs> you must be just catching some sort of crazy storm. Yeah, just a storm that just a rolled storm. in. It's been too nice the past couple of days, so. Had to get punished. It's fair. correction. Yep. While we're talking weather, windy.com, W-I-N-D-Y, fantastic weather radar site. Oh, Wendy. Not to be confused with the sister site, Wendy, which can order you a delicious burger. If either either Wendy or Wendy want to sponsor this podcast, hit us up. Uh, So there's your Josh Gordon talk. Hopefully, ultimately, we're hoping for the best, right? Ultimately, we want Josh Gordon to get everything, you know, his life on track, his football career on track, whatever he wants to do to make him happy. Have that all work out. Have that all piece together hopefully new england's the place to do it he's never been in a place like it new england is pretty well known for having a uh, a, a culture that that uh that gets the best out of people if they're focused and involved and you know we'll see jury still out but anyways uh big move made me very excited to see that all go down in the tweeter sphere uh we do have some other news that we'll get to so even though we're kind of are technically in the news segment but we got a little bit of that then we'll do some you help no ones and then i created a new fun game uh that we're gonna play and then we'll finish up with some waiver wire ads but continuing the news uh, a little quick injury update LaShawn McCoy injured his ribs against the Chargers Sunday, but he is planning on playing through the injury. Um, Though if I were a McCoy owner, I'd be planning on never playing him again and trying my darndest to get him off my team because I don't think that boy has fantasy value this year. He should have just walked out like Vontae Davis at halftime. (laughs) Next news bulletin, and arguably the most bizarre news of the weekend, uh, as Jordan perfectly referred to, and the most billsiest thing ever, Vontae Davis just retired at halftime in the Bills' loss against the Chargers. And not, and not like he decided that, you know what, after this game, I'm done. I'll announce my retirement, all this jazz. He literally left the game at halftime. He just got up, walked away, and was like, you know what, that's it. I'm done. Peace. This team sucks. I'm going to retire from the NFL. What a way to go. I have a similar retirement story. Seventh grade Space Center Intermediate uh, ran through about half of a practice and then were assigned the positions we were going to be after the coaches telling us that not drinking water when it was 98 degrees and 100% humidity would make you tougher and that I was going to play offensive line. I threw in the towel and that was the last down of football I ever played. The question is, which retirement was more impactful to the NFL? Fonte we may Davis. never know. I was going to say, I would assume you, Clark, because 
Vontae Davis, we know exactly what we were getting in him, which was a good corner. He had his highs. He had his lows. With you, you could have been uh, – I, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to speak in broad s- strokes, but uh, Marshall Yonda comes to mind as just, as just the, uh, the floor that you could have been as an offensive lineman. You already have the beard, so I think that's just a prerequisite for being a good offensive lineman. Yeah. Undersized, quick hands. It's perfect. Of. You you could you could have fit right into the uh, the middle of the Bengals offensive line and given them a pass protection. I might be able to do that right now. You probably could. Let's be honest. Yeah. That being said, they've looked pretty decent. Um, but yeah, so so Vontae Davis just straight up retired and then wrote a a retirement announcement on Twitter slash social media that I saw somewhere tweet someone tweeted out was like a good 15, 20 words longer than the Gettysburg address just because I guess that was something that needed to be counted and, and checked. So there you go. Good work, Vontae Davis. Way to write uh, your retirement speech longer than one of the more famous speeches in the American history. It seems only fitting. That speech is famously short, Pete. Clark? Sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. I just Clark. For the history fans listening to us, I want the- to make sure they don't make the same mistake. Well, that's true. Okay. Well, Clark, thank you for <laughs> including our history fans and uh and letting them in clearly did not get the joke i am not a history fan despite the fact that i married one there's your nfl news history fans god the only population that listens to this podcast let's move on to the you help no one award uh we give it out every week to a player who just wasn't there to help your team either they are someone you started who gave you butt full of nothing or they are someone you didn't start and had a huge, huge game. So let's go over the nominees for week two. They are as follows. We have Rob Gronkowski, who recorded two receptions for 15 yards. David Johnson, running back for the Arizona Cardinals, who had 13 attempts on 48 yards and one reception for three yards. Blake Bortles, quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 377 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, as well as 35 yards on the ground. George Kittle, the tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, with two receptions for 22 yards. And finally, our final nominee for the You Help No One Award for Week 2, Jesse James, who had five receptions for 138 yards and one touchdown. Clark, let's start with you. Who is your pick for this week's Coveted award. I had an incredibly rough fantasy week, so I got a lot of different pieces of this one. Oh, uh, boy. But I have to go with George Kittle. Uh, I am a fan of the anti-tinkering. You make stupid decisions when you make last-minute roster decisions. And I started George Kittle over Travis Kelsey and lost by seven points. So, George Kittle, you help no one. That is a very good one because it personally affected you. That's it is a harsh one. Uh, Jordan, who is your pick? Well, there he goes. The power is out. <laughs> uh, for uh, weather fans, another update. Jordan <laughs> did say that he was having weather problems. So thoughts that, and go out to our Wisconsin listeners. Hope everything is okay. That was so quick. He was just knocked out in a heartbeat. Let's There's no this. hang. No, no, there was no nothing. Just it was um, and then axed. Let's uh, let's quickly see if we can maybe bring him back. But if not, oh, he's back. Sorry about that. I didn't lose power, but that's what, what we all thought. We we just did a smooth thirty seconds on power outage jokes. Yeah, 
which is great for all those power outage fans. We're covering all of our bases. For those people who like history, Clark already got you covered. We just got those power outage fans covered, and we'll we'll be ma- making sure to cover all of our fan bases. Awesome. Got to hit those niche groups. Yeah. Um, so, your pick. Oh, anyway, my pick was David Johnson. Um, he has 23 fantasy points over two weeks, uh, which is not ideal for somebody that a lot of people probably drafted first overall. Um, this week so far, um, of course, you have Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, uh, Chris Carson, and Rashad Penny still all putting up points tonight, I'm sure. But as of this recording of the podcast, during Monday Night Football, 53 running backs have scored more fantasy points than David Johnson this week. So that is not good. And oh. it just makes me sad because yeah. I want David Johnson to be MVP caliber. And it's not entirely his fault. The Arizona Cardinals are just a tire fire and they need to start Josh Rosen and just let him do some things and get a whole new offensive line. Probably. Yeah. I would argue it's none of David Johnson's fault because that offensive line is just garbage. Their offense is just doesn't know how to utilize him. They haven't passed him the ball. They, they have been running him. I saw one of those. I didn't realize they actually had these. So they have these next gen stats, right? For receivers where you can see their route runs and all that cool stuff. And then they also have it for running backs. And I saw one for David Johnson, which is literally the Cardinals are just like, all right, David Johnson, we're going to run you between the numbers. And that's it. Just up the middle, nothing to the outside, no kind of outside runs to like exploit his speed and quick cutting and quick abilities. It's just like, let's just power him up the middle and just see what happens behind our crappy offensive line. Um, I know it hasn't worked for the first 30 times, but (laughs) give it another shot. Damn it. If we're not going to try it again. Coach Wilkes turns out David Johnson's really good in the open field. Yeah, just uh, might want to take note of that. Uh, my pick, <laughs> my pick is also David Johnson, uh, partially because I have an invested interest in him because I am a David Johnson owner, and because Jordan and I have spent so much time on this podcast this offseason telling everyone that David Johnson was going to be an MVP candidate this year, uh, and so far that has not panned out. So I'm trying to save face here by saying David Johnson. Uh, you helped no one, and. Something we're doing a little differently this week and from last year. We're actually going to announce the winner here live on the podcast. Uh, We had a poll on FateTeams.com to which people voted. And so we're going to tally our votes into that. And the winner of this week's You Help No One Award is, drumroll please... Rob Gronkowski with a total of seven votes. David Johnson came in second with three plus Jordan and mine's two. So that is five. And George Kittle being George Little only got two votes. Much like his performance on Clark's team, he underwhelmed. So congratulations, Gronk. Uh, the Patriots did not get the championship uh, in their Super Bowl matchup against the Jaguars. But uh, you did win the least helpful award for this week. So well done. Um, so there you go. There's your, you help no ones. So moving on, it's very often, uh, at this point in the season when we're, you know, we're two weeks in and we're starting to kind of peek in on those waiver wires. It's very often that we find ourselves being a little name bias when we peruse the, uh, the waiver wires and just generally when we make moves regarding our fantasy teams, sometimes it's helpful to remove the players' names altogether and just make decisions solely based off of their numbers. So With that in mind, I'd like to introduce a new game that I have created that I like to call Name That Player. The rules are simple. I have four players here. 
Uh, and for each player, I have three different stats slash facts slash clues for them. Uh, after I read each clue, I will give either of you the chance to buzz in your guess as to whom the player is. If you buzz in after the first clue, you get three points. Second clue, you get two points. Third clue, you get one point. But be careful because buzzing in and guessing the wrong person is minus the point total from where you guessed it. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm just excited that there's another contest I can get last place in. That's what I'm here for, Clark. Uh, then hopefully after each person will lead to a little nice discussion about them because they're all players that uh, I think there is some discussion that can be had and some interest that can be gauged in the fantasy community. I will keep track of scores. Don't worry. And the winner will get a firm handshake and a pat on the back because what more could you want to play for? All right. <clears throat> Are you both ready to play? What did I call it? Name that player. Name that player. Do you have your buzzers ready? Uh, yes. yes. Perfect. Then let us begin. Please start the music. Clue number one. He's second on his team in targets, but leads them in yards and touchdowns. Who is Deshaun Jackson? That is wrong. Jordan, you are currently at negative three points. <laughs> wow. Great game. Great, great game. Uh, clue number two. He's only owned in 25% of Yahoo leagues, despite scoring a long touchdown in each of his first two weeks. Clark. John Brown. Correct. The answer is John Brown. Clue number three was going to be his hobbies include pig- painting things the color of his namesake. Brown. Uh, oh, I should have waited. You should. This is why you wait. So currently our scorers, Clark sitting in comfortably in the lead with two, Jordan way by hand in minus three. Um, I tweeted about this and I talked about this on my waiver wire article today. It blows my mind that John Brown is so under owned, despite the fact that all he has done is put up big numbers in a Ravens offense that looks actually mildly exciting. And even if it's not exciting, like it was against the Bengals, Clearly, John Brown is going to be a vital part of this offense, and you should be buying him wherever and whenever you can. Yeah, definitely. Like can some he, John Brown. Can either of you, like Clark, you're you tend to be the pessimist or the uh, actually you tend to be the optimist. Let's be honest. Uh, but you 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 can you like to play devil's advocate occasionally. You've been known to dabble in it. Uh, is there any reason why someone shouldn't be adding John Brown? Well, yeah, it's the Ravens. But I've been a fan of John Brown for years, so I'm really excited to see this happen. I think you yeah. go get him. You 100% should. I, I, it blows my mind. Get on it. Add him onto your team. Thank us later. You're welcome. Okay. <clears throat> Player number two. Clue one. He was a free agent running back that people were high on when he joined his team, especially following an injury at the position. Clue number two. He hasn't lived up to expectations so far, but be patient. He's first on the team in carries and third in the NFL in carries in the red zone, meaning that his team still wants him touching the football along and around the goal line. And finally, clue number three. Clark was really expecting more-ish from him this season. Ding, I feel bad. It's Alfred Morris. It is Alfred Morris. Oh, congrats, Clark. Three total points for you. You have one for this and then add it on to your two. Jordan, you are falling behind. This one I found interesting just because everyone obviously expected Morris to have a big role. And Matt Breida had a great game last week. Uh, But what was interesting is those goal line carries. 
is that Alfred Morris is clearly the go-to guy for the 49ers when they're inside the 20. He's he's third in the NFL in carries at the 20. He's third in the NFL at carries at the 10. And I believe he's tied for second in the NFL at carries at the 5. Take that for whatever it means. But two weeks in, it's pretty well established that the 49ers are looking to get him the football when they're around the goal line. He's a bigger back. He has a little more power to him. Um, and so in that vein, I feel like the touchdowns are going to come and touchdowns equal gold in fantasy football. Yeah, it means the Niners can't score touchdowns. That's kind of a problem for everybody except Robbie Gold owners. So eventually things are going to break his way. Alpha Morris will fall into the end zone 10 times and that's worthwhile of a get for me. So he's someone, if you have him, keep him on your bench, tuck him away, wait for him to be a little productive, and then you punch him in because he's still getting he's still getting uh, carries. God, Mitch Trubisky is terrible. Oh, is no. Oh, Mitchell. This is a quick little uh, Monday Night Football intermission. We're halfway through the game, so we'll take a quick intermission. Someone uh, should tell him the Bears are wearing blue tonight, not white. It's oh, been ugly. He, he's been throwing a lot of interceptions he just he's trying to he's throwing a it's, couple it's upsetting when teams give their quarterbacks all the tools that they need to succeed and then the quarterback is like well actually you know what uh, i don't really want to like uh thrive and prosper i'd rather just kind of tank this whole thing he Especially, looked like Kirk cousins on that last drive against the packers just couldn't give it away is that burn jordan is that cut deep that was making fun um, of Kirk Cousins. That wasn't. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that, like, it also, I mean, Kirk Cousins was throwing balls that were interceptable and the Packers couldn't bring him down. Just. Oh, well, they did bring one interception in, but there was just a terrible roughing the penalty uh, call that would have just ended the game. But no, I guess I'm not. Whatever. I'm not mad about it. It was a garbage call. Same with the one that Eric Kendricks did. They need to figure this rule out ASAP. Everyone was stressing about the helmet-to-helmet rule, and and the catch rule was all last year. They need to figure out what a quarterback sack is or a quarterback hit is because it's gotten to the point where it's already massively impacting games like the Vikings and the uh, the Packers, which a tie game in the NFC and a tight NFC it has huge ramifications. Like we've seen two plays where the quarterback is sliding and it wasn't the latest slides in the game and a safety clearly just lit him up helmet right. to helmet and got ejected. I like that. I think that's, that's fine. great. Get out of there. Yeah. But the landing on the quarterback, like, I don't know. I played half a practice of football and that's just how you do it. And that's just, that's how you tackle a human. How do you tackle someone and not land on them? It's flabbergasting. And then the whole, their whole thing with Clay Matthews was like, well, Clay Matthews, took him off his feet. It's like, no, it, no, Kirk Cousins like hopped and then was just in the air. So he went down. Sometimes when you fall, your feet leave the ground. That's generally what happens. And when you, when Clay Matthews braces himself with his left arm on the ground, he couldn't have driven him too hard into no. the dirt. Like that's just dumb. It is dumb. It is dumb. Those plays need to be reviewable, I think, if they're going to be. The idea is fine. The execution this season has been terrible. It's been all over the place. Like, I know it was huge in the Green Bay game, but this is happening everywhere. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I I agree with Jordan. It should be reviewable, but that's going to open up a whole can of worms that you can review. No, no more f***ing reviews. (laughs) The games take seven hours. (laughs) Don't review anything. We were fine before instant replay. Just get the calls right, guys. That's you know, yeah. If you miss one, who cares? It's sports. It happens. And that has been uh, your slight little commercial break. And now back to name that player. 
Now, to recap, since we're just getting into it again after a commercial break, uh, Clark is in the lead with three points, and Jordan is mm, a little behind with minus three points. Uh, really striving for that firm handshake and a pat on the back. Who will win it? We will see with the final two players. Player number three. Clue number one. Despite this running back being second on his team in carries, he leads the squad in rushing yards while also contributing the third most receiving yards. I can't lose if, as long as I don't miss <laughs> the question. So, <laughs> Clark is Clark is uh, got the lead. Is now milking the clock. He's just going I'm to run it. This run, run, past. <laughs> Clue number two. He's second on the team in opportunities, meaning carries and targets combined, and is currently the ninth best fantasy running back, but is only owned in 44% of Yahoo leagues. Clark's thinking about it. I want to guess so bad, but it's stupid to not do it. But it's Philip Lindsay. Wrong! It is not Philip Lindsay. Minus two points for Clark. Jordan, you have a chance to get back into this now. Uh, Clue number three. When he watches sporting events, he can be quite the Eckler. Okay. <laughs> Austin Eckler. Correct! Wow, oh, Jordan! Um, yes, Austin Eckler. Jordan, you now have awarded yourself one point, trying to claw back out of that negative hole you dug yourself. Um, Austin Eckler is someone who I perfectly constructed this game around because if you think of his opportunities and you look at all of the stats that he's already put up, through two weeks of this season, you would want that person on your team. It's only the name that drives his value down because people are afraid of Melvin Gordon and him splitting carries Melvin Gordon and that kind of shared backfield. However, clearly the Chargers are comfortable doing it. They've already shown that Eckler has a real established role in this offense. And we've seen the Saints do it last year, being able to give you two fantasy viable running backs on the same in the same backfield. So Eckler is someone if you have a little struggles in your running back or you're or you're looking for someone who you think you can maybe stash and, and milk a few good games out of them, I would 100% go add Eckler if, if he's available in your league. Yeah, they – I mean, they still like to use Melvin Gordon a lot. Obviously, he's still got three touchdowns this week, but they're using both. Like, this is starting to become a two-back league in a lot of places. Chicago, uh, New Orleans – San Diego. I mean, Los Angeles, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're starting to see that two back leagues can, or two back teams can not only be obviously productive football wise, but can actually both provide valid fantasy uh, value. Yeah. The Chargers are using their backs a ton. There's plenty of work to go around. I know it's the Bills last week, but they did it in week one, too. So I think he's a good grab if he's out there. All right. And we go into our final player and a quick check at the standing show us that clark despite losing two points on the last one for incorrecting incorrectingly guessing uh philip Lindsay, is that plus one jordan gets one point for correcting correctly answering the last question he's at minus two who if jordan is able to guess this player on the very first question we could have a tie here folks let's see what happens shoot or shoot let's go just give me one clue Clue number one. This player is currently wide receiver 42 in fantasy, ahead of Chris Hogan, Larry Fitzgerald, and Robert Woods, despite uncertainty at the quarterback position and not having caught a touchdown. 
Uncertainty at the quarterback position. No touchdowns. Not sure. I want to say Zay Jones. Jordan, you are incorrect. I apologize. That will take you out of the running. Clue number two. You can feel free to still guess, though, Jordan. Maybe I'll take pity on I'm, you and give you points. I'm just going to keep losing points. Perfect. Let's see how negative you can get. Uh, fear not, owners, as this receiver has been targeted more than double anyone else on his team and accounts for 34% of his team's total targets. Larry Fitzgerald? No, I already mentioned Larry Fitzgerald. He's the head of Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, well. Clark's also trying to see out. how many negative points he can get. <laughs> This game is like golf. The lowest score wins. And then final clue. This player is a big fan of the Lost Boys, particularly Corey Feldman and Miles Davis. Corey Davis. Corey Dang it. Davis. I was going to guess him. Oh, Jordan. That would have been epic. I was. I really was. I was I was thinking, I was, to use uh, a term that Clark likes to use frequently, vacillating between uh, – Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, I knew wasn't true. Or anybody from the Bills, I thought then otherwise. Yeah. Dang it. The, the, the target share is what's flabbergasting to me about Corey Davis. It's just the fact that the, the Titans, literally, he's the only person they're throwing the football to. And so eventually that's going to lead to production. It's the same thing with Alfred Morris or, or with any of these players where it's just like, the, the amount of targets are there, the opportunities are there, and they're eventually going to pay off for you. So if you are someone who has Corey Davis, I would recommend holding on to them. If you are someone who knows that you have a, uh, a, a manager in your league who likes to get rid of his players ASAP, someone like Nick, who has trained us all now to just drop players when they don't give us what we want in one week, um, Maybe you talk with them. Try to get a little trade, a little negotiation going. Because Corey Davis, the opportunities are there. Eventually, he's going to get a healthy Mariota. Or at the very least, regardless who's at quarterback, eventually those targets are going to turn into touchdowns, into yards, into production. You, can't, It's hard to not think that someone who is accounts for 35, basically, percent of, of their team's targets is not going to have legit fantasy value. Yeah, as long as the targets are there and they have a good catch percentage, then the points will eventually leak into the end zone. I kind of erased the Titans from my fantasy. This is true. I am now just realizing right now that this is definitely going going against our Titan kibosh. So take everything that I just said off the record. I do like Corey Davis. Strike it from the record. I don't like playing Gabbard. Yeah, and I also don't like injured Marcus Mariota who hasn't really picked up Matt LaFleur's offense and has not looked good in it, doesn't He's out. Doesn't thrill me if I were to describe it in a word. Um, so there you go. That has been uh, Name That Player. And our winner is Clark Barnes with minus one. Clark Stumbling towards the finish line. A firm handshake and a pat on the back brought to you by Monday Night Football. So you can, pick, you can pick either Jason Witten or uh, whoever the other guy is. To give you a firm handshake and a pat on the back. Uh, I'll take the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. And then finally, uh, it's a segment that we did last week on Tuesday. And I like it. I think it's a fun little thing to do. 
If you could only add one player off of waivers, who would it be? Uh, Jordan, let's start with you. Well, it's good because by the time uh, people hear this, my friends have played fantasy football with me. Uh, the waiver wires will already have um, gone through, um, so they can't try to undercut me on bidding for this player in particular because I'm still all in on Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle. Um, he's only owned in 18% of ESPN leagues. Like He is super, super available, especially if you have um, – deep benches where you're allowed to actually have a backup quarterback, not just for a bye week. Um, he has 508 passing yards and six touchdowns, which is tied for third in the NFL right now. Um, and his schedule actually looks pretty easy going forward. Um, they play the Broncos in week 13. Um, that's a home game for them. And then they play um, Los Angeles, the Chargers in week 14. So that could be a possible tough defensive matchup. But other than that, um, I don't really see anybody in their division providing them with any sort of um, frustration or friction going forward. Uh, Joe Mixon is not just a really good workhorse running back, but a pass catcher. Uh, A.J. Green is still A.J. Green. We love him. And um, Tyler Boyd even started to look better than he did last week. Uh, they haven't quite dipped into their um, their tight end production just yet. I still think Tyler Eifert can be a an asset because he – was doing nothing but scoring touchdowns a couple years ago. So uh, Andy Dalton still all in, and I have made claims for him in almost every league. I'm going to sneak this in here because he was going to be one of my waiver wire ads, but now I'm going to just glom on to yours because I'm going to correct you slightly, and then I'll do another one for my actual pick. Uh, Joe Mixon's injured, so he's out for two to four weeks with a, a quick knee surgery, I believe, but. Gio Bernard, Giovanni Bernard is now taking over that backfield and 100% should be added because he is a legit running back who can put up RB1 numbers in that offense. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He's only owned a 27% of Yahoo leagues. He's a he's another guy you should be adding. Another guy from that Bengals offense. Buy low on the Bengals. Yeah, clearly. Clark, who are you adding if you can only add one player off of waiver wires? So I can't remember if I did this guy last week or just talked about him late but it's Naheem Hines he's eight percent owned wiggled into the end zone last week none of the Colts backs looked great I think Jordan's namesake uh left the game with an ankle injury Marlon Mack came in and was underwhelming uh so I'm I'm sticking with Hines just by the end of the year I feel like he's going to be a starter on a Colts offense that just it, they're not going to be able to run so let's get the shifty back in there I'm not saying start him this week, but stash him before he gets expensive. I definitely agree with that. And you, I think you just mentioned him last week, uh, and you referred to him as basically this is how Alvin Kamara happened. Was just like these are the kind of backs that you have a little flirtation with. You add them onto your team, and then you benefit when in two or three weeks they suddenly break out and become a vital part of that offense, as opposed to waiting and then when they break out having to deal with everyone else on waivers. Oh, and then since you mentioned it, how about that Alvin Kamara in a horrible game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Alvin Kamara looking like a bust. Am I right, people? <laughs> Worthless. Uh, the other thing is, is I also want to quickly, since we're on the topic of the Colts, uh, because it's our podcast, we're going to give all of ourselves a pat on the back for saying all offseason, mainly instigated by, by Clark, that Andrew Luck was going to be back and look like Andrew Luck. Because Andrew Luck has been back and looks like Andrew Luck. And this Colts offense has now had become a lot more viable 
Eric Ebron is becoming a, a legit start. Um, T.Y. Hilton has returned to T.Y. Hilton, almost T.Y. Hilton glory. Uh, Jack Doyle's getting targets. And if Naheem Hines becomes a vital part of this offense, you can trust Andrew Luck now. That man looks starting to look like the old self. Yeah, they're getting there. Unfortunately, everything is just muted because of that bad offensive line. Like, yeah. he still looked like, you know, Andrew Luck still looks good. T.Y. Hilton still looks amazing. Uh, Eric Ebron is becoming a real huge target, like, giant man threat. But he, Luck is just fighting for his life back there. Yeah, yeah. You're hoping that offensive line. And with Anthony Costanzo, hopefully, I think is. I can't remember if his injury season season ending or not, but he hopefully will come back at some point this year, and that would solidify one of those tackle positions, which would help a lot. Um, but anyways, regardless of the fact, way to go us for calling that Andrew Luck would look like Andrew Luck, and we all drafted accordingly. That's why T.Y. Hilton's on my team. Uh, my waiver wire pick, if you could only add one player, Jordan, this is for you. Geronimo Allison. Give you a little Packers Ooh. love. Uh, any receiver in the Packers offense is obviously worth stashing on your fantasy team, especially when he is a six foot three wide receiver who sees targets all over the field. A lot of the times when they're kind of younger, tall receivers are working their way into like an already established offense. They tend to kind of have a more diminished role. Uh, but we've seen Allison receive targets and make plays all over the field. He's the third most targeted receiver in the Packers through two games uh, with 14 and as the second most receptions with 11. He's put up two back-to-back 60-plus yard performances, and so it, clearly he's developing a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. And anytime you have a receiver who has a rapport with Andrew Rodgers, Andrew Rodgers, I'm combining my two favorite quarterbacks, right? <laughs> anytime you have a receiver who has a rapport with Aaron Rodgers, that's bound to lead to uh, plenty of fantasy points. So he's only owned at 31% of Yahoo League, so go get Geronimo Allison. Yeah, he's been a guy that's been on the Packers for a couple of years now, just kind of – slowly but surely increasing his value and um he's a really good route runner so i think that's just what aaron likes specifically about him he knows where to be and where aaron's going to put the ball which is really important um just based on how aaron wants to run the offense so um i'm not sure if geronimo allison if he was on any other team that he would be as valuable but uh playing with aaron you always have a chance of getting a touchdown or two each week Good opens up some good team names. Oh, it's nice. Oh, Clark, always looking, always looking to add just that extra bonus uh, Mm -hmm. to anything on the podcast. I love it. I've I've been curious, Jordan, you're an IDP guy. When offensive players do IDP stuff, do they get the IDP points? Like, do Allison get the punt block or the kick block this weekend? Um, generally, yeah, they get all the stats. Like if they get a tackle on, um, on off on offense, like on a interception or something yeah. like that. Um, who that's a good reason that? to go pick up some bears, uh, offensive yeah. weapons. Cause they have so many tackle opportunities because of Mr. Trubisky. Cause Mr. Trubisky sucks. Uh, man, that must've been that Marv was it Marvin Jones who punched out the football against the jets when the jets picked off Matthew Stafford and then the jets then fumbled it. That's a some nice. That's a forced fumble by a wide receiver there. That's some good points right there. And Kenny Galladay hitting like a strong safety. Oh, maybe that was Kenny oh. Galladay. Yeah, who did it? Can't mm. your head off, <laughs> Kenny Galladay. I wanted uh, to go pick him up before, but that was the impetus of just like go ahead and put in the waiver wire. You know, like if you don't get him, you don't get him. But any wide yeah. receiver that can hit like that, a la Juju Smith-Schuster, you want him on your squad. You want him on your squad, even if it's not an IDP league. You still want him on your squad. 
can't say no to that. Before we go, Clark, I apologize that it's taken me so long to say this. I was just so frazzled by the Patriots Josh Gordon trade that I just the whole opening to the podcast was went in a whole different direction than I wanted it to. Um can you dress up as Ryan Fitzpatrick at his press conference for Halloween? I don't think anybody wants to see that. <laughs> As the only person here who can grow a beard, I feel like th- it's just begging you, begging you to have to wear Deshaun Jackson's little athletics jacket and uh, gold chains. I like that picture that I saw floating around on Twitter that Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like uh, Conor McGregor, or like a Irish UFC fighter. Who the fuck is Jameis Winston? Who the fuck is Jameis Winston? <laughs> I live in a city no, no. where almost one in three men look exactly like that. So I'm just trying to do my part. <laughs> so just you're just trying to fit in. I yep. <laughs> you're doing a great job, Clark. Doing a great job. Uh, well, there you go. There's your show today. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Uh, rate, review, give us five stars because you love hearing our melodious voices in your ear holes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you guys on Thursday giving the week three preview our starts and sits. So make sure to tune in for that. Uh, and until then, enjoy the rest of Monday Night Football, even though you'll be listening to this Tuesday morning. So I hope you enjoyed Monday Night Football. You'll know how Pete and my Russell Wilson top 12 quarterback bet turned out not looking good in the first half for Russell Wilson. Owners. Yes! That's what I want to hear. Uh, and uh, until then, peace!